Episode 72, Attorneys Using Technology to Write Best-Selling Books, my conversation with returning podcast guest and Amazon top book-selling author, Wendy S. Meadows. Excited to welcome back Wendy. If you recall, Wendy's a lawyer, mediator, coach, and now Amazon best-selling author. Wendy practiced family law exclusively for 15 years. In that time, she became a partner in five years, a managing partner in 10, and then went solo at 13. However, she knew there was something more for her. In true Wendy fashion, she applied some sparkling grit to her own life and made a leap of faith to become a certified life coach to help her professional comrades beat the burnout, feel heard, and find success in a way that feels good to them. Wendy and I discussed how she used technology to help find the time for focus, and motivation to write her first book, Sparkling Grip, all the while juggling work, family, and mental health. Enjoy. Have you been enjoying the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast? Consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast feeds. Wendy, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to have you back, and I'm excited to talk about your new book, that's you just released, and we're going to incorporate some tech questions with that. But first, let's talk about your book. What is it, please? Sure. The title is Sparkle and Grit, Live a Technicolor Life by Finally Finding Balance, Escaping Monotony, and Beating Burnout. Excellent. Excellent. And tell us more what it's about. Sure. So the book, it has a lot of my own personal vulnerable journey and shares and stories interwoven through a personal development book aimed for the working professional, specifically the working professional parent. Now, you don't need to be a parent to read the book. You're still going to benefit from the book, but that is who I had in mind as I was writing it. And essentially, it is the book. Had I had this book seven years ago, had someone given me a copy, I would have had a roadmap to beat the burnout, to escape the Groundhog Day I was currently in, but even more importantly, to feel like I was with somebody arm in arm, leading me through the muck with a path to get to living a technicolor life like I'm living now. So we had talked off mic, and my understanding is part of the book is about how that your career, for instance, in law, is not necessarily going to turn out to be what you expect. And I had asked, and we talked about how would this be a good book for law students who are about to graduate or even college students who are about to graduate? And quite frankly, even high school students who are about to graduate and to go into the workforce. hundred percent. Again, the tips I share in here are things that I wish somebody had taught me in my 20s. And had I learned the tips and tricks that I give in my 20s, I think I would have felt a lot more at peace with the inevitable things that happen in this crazy thing that call, that's called life. I would have had some ways to deal with things as they came my way. But more important than that, I wouldn't have felt so alone. And I would say for so many years, I thought I was the only person suffering from what's now we call imposter syndrome. I didn't even know that was a thing back when I was in law school. And I talk about it here in the book. And other parts of the journey, you know, so often we're so insulated and we don't want to make those vulnerable shares with somebody else because we have this fear of being judged. You tell the audience what imposter syndrome is. So imposter syndrome, and the first time I heard the term was when I was reading the book Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg, who was, I think, the CEO or something of Facebook at the time. Imposter syndrome means 
what meant to me in law school. How did I get in law school? How did I get in this class? Everybody around me deserves to be here and I do not. I'm here because it's a fluke. I shouldn't even be here. I must have magically done better on the LSAT. That wasn't actually real. Someone must have sort of liked my essay and that got through and for some other reason. So you don't actually believe you've earned a spot at the table, even though you have. And unfortunately, I did not know that term. I don't even think I learned that term until I was 30 something years old. And had I known that was a thing, it would have taken off a layer of uncomfortability that I faced in law school that I think it would have allowed me to shine and just be and breathe a lot easier. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate you sharing that. Wendy, I understand you provide something extra that goes with your book that other books covering similar topics doesn't provide. Correct. So not only do I take the reader step-by-step through a personal journey so they can Mm -hmm. have transformation going from the easier to the medium to the harder pieces, in Mm -hmm. each chapter, I provide the reader with something I call grit work. So grit work is sort of like homework, or it is homework, and I encourage and tell the reader that they need to stop what they're doing, break away from their Kindle, break away from their paperback, and sit and do the grit work. But not only do I just have the grit work prompts in the book, but I also provide uh, a QR code in the book where they can go download an actual workbook that I have provided as well. And it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful workbook that I'm super proud of that I designed myself on Canva. And I really think the readers are going to have a lot of fun with it because when, I mean, what kind of homework do you get these days where you get to work purely on yourself and bettering yourself in a beautiful way? Now, I happen to be a fan of Canva and I'm happy to hear that you're using it. Can you tell us what Canva is? Sure. Canva is an amazing tool. So you remember like way back a million years ago when we had that thing called print shop, remember print shop on like the very old Apple computer and we could like print out the banners and put them all over our house and that sort of thing. So Canva is print shop on crack essentially. And you can make a host of beautiful images, PDFs, images for Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, You can upload it and it makes it really easy to have beautiful images accompany the story or your post or a workbook you want to do. Or even when I was designing the book and had some issues getting the front cover how I wanted it to be. And the book designers kept sending me the cover and I did not, uh, I actually used Canva, said, okay, Wendy, what do you want this to look like? And I used Canva to help me design the cover of the book as well. So it is a really- It it looks great. Yeah. Uh, It's a really- easy, real easy, intuitive interface that I use probably on the daily. I use it for the podcasts and blog for like show icons and blog postings. It's very easy to use and it's very easy to edit. So when you need to make minor changes, say when I have the podcast episodes and I can put the person who's going to be the guest or if for particular show icons or blog icons where it's like bolo alert versus say a shout out, I can change some of the icons within it easily. And then I created a whole new blog entry icon. Canva also allows you to generate QR codes really easily yes. now that you can just embed right in your posts. And that may, mm-hmm. has made my life so much easier this week as I'm giving out QR codes to buy the book, to download the workbook and to do uh, all these amazing things with Sparkle and Grit. That has made my life so much easier. Well, I will be sure in our show notes, not only to have links, I'll put in some of your QR codes too. Awesome. Thank you. So let's get into the questions. What are the top three tech tools you use to help write your book? And how did using them 
defer in comparison to using similar or the same tools when doing your legal work? So my very favorite tool I use every mm -hmm. single day, and I use this in my legal work as well, actually, but is this timer. And I believe it's called a Muaz Cube timer. And yes. what I would do every morning, I wanted to write at least 30 minutes a morning. And this is what I okay. did pretty much every single day. And I did not want to use my phone as a timer because I know the phone can be incredibly distracting. And I didn't want to like get pulled into social media too early in the morning. So when I sat down at my computer, the first thing I did was I set this guy to 30 minutes. Then mm -hmm. I sort of hit it away from me because it does make this like blinking light that's rather put it away and write. And I would just write until the timer would go off. And that is what I promised to do every single morning. So that is number one. Number two, I used a Google Sheet in terms of keeping me on track in terms of how much was I writing each day? Because not only did I set my timer, but I put on my Google Sheet what time I would start. So for example, right. like 5.31 in the morning, I would write that down. Then I would also have a column where I had word count. So every single day, I would also use the Google Doc, you know, word feature to see, okay, how much did I write today? And I had, you know, the mathematical calculation because I could see my words increasing each day. Then I could also look at the delta to see what my word count was each day. And that was a huge way to keep me motivated and on track. And then my third piece for tech is I, I'd say overall, this is relatively low tech right? I didn't need okay. a lot of high tech things in order to get this stuff. But the last piece was my alarm clock and my alarm clock waking <laughs> me up every morning to make sure I was actually doing it. I do use my phone as my alarm clock, but I have pledged and 80% of the time I am good at not looking at my phone when I hit the turn off button. I never hit snooze. I have not hit the snooze button and I want to say five years, not hit the snooze button. But my phone was definitely huge in waking me up and getting me out of bed and excited to come downstairs and write. Now, I have to ask, the, the week that we're recording this is also the same week that Apple came out with a new iOS, and it has a great standby desk clock feature that you can have for your either your office desk or your nightstand, and I didn't know if you had a chance to implement that. Not yet. I saw my phone keeps telling me it needs to download the new system. I don't think it's yeah. done so yet. <laughs> so I have. It's pretty neat, and it's something that you might want to check out. Currently, the new iOS seems to be stable. Had not, I haven't had any problems with it. I encourage you to check that out. You might appreciate the nightstand mode. However, since your book is done, you may not need it right now. Maybe for your Until next I book. write, yeah, until my next book. Exactly. <laughs> so let's move on to question number two. What are the top three tech tools you use to keep your writing process distraction-free? So it's the same tools as before in terms mm -hmm. of... If I give myself a rule, I'm going to follow it. So number one, the timer. Right. But number two, as I'm sitting here and watching us do this podcast and I'm making sure that I have these earphones on, it was mm -hmm. also having either these earphones I'm wearing currently, which are the Bose headphones and or my AirPods, because sometimes when my family's hubbub was too much around me, we, you know, I have two right. small children, I have a husband, I have two dogs, and they can be a little bananas at times. So at times, so if I really needed to tune them out when things were too much, I would plug in headphones. So that would uh, take me away from the rest of the world. Now, are your bows noise canceling? Yes. And your AirPods, are they the AirPods Pro or just the AirPods? I asked because of the noise canceling function. The AirPods Pro. I made an accident when my one of my AirPod Pro, my first version of AirPod Pros died or something. I think I put them in the washing machine. Not, not nice to do to your tech. And then no. I saw the AirPods 2 and I'm like, oh, this must be the updated, upgraded version. And then as soon as I got them, I said, oh no, because they weren't the Pros. They were... Yeah. 
you know, it tricked me. I'm like, dude, and it seemed like this seems like a good deal. So those are now my son's AirPods. I couldn't, they don't even fit in my ear nicely. And I didn't like anything about them. They were too wide for my ear. So I went back to the pros and I believe those are in my car right now. So I take those into my office. I actually like talking on the phone better from with AirPods than an actual receiver these days. The hands-free is fantastic. And the AirPods Pro Max, they really switch nicely between one device to another automatically without you having to do too much. And I know the new iOS that came out has made it even more seamless. And, you know, it's funny, I see all the time on various tech blogs, like there's the little signs you can get, the electronic signs that say, do not disturb or recording. Have you thought about putting maybe that on your desk? So like when the family's running by, you know, when you're working from home. I could. They're so used to seeing me at my computer first thing every morning to the point it's a white noise to them. Where they have been <laughs> sweet is when I was meditating in the basement and I put a sticky note on the door saying, shh, mom meditating. They somehow knew to read that one. So that one they stuck by. But me working at the desk is so commonplace for them, especially since COVID, that they just sort of do what they feel like doing, unfortunately. <laughs> Pardon the interruption. I hope you're enjoying the techsavvylayer.page podcast as much as I enjoy making them. Consider buying us a cup of coffee or two to help defray some of the production costs. Thanks and enjoy. Well, let's move on to our third question. What are the top three tech tools you use to keep yourself motivated and on track with a publishing schedule? So again, I'm going to say the cube again was helpful. Seeing the word count, watching the word count grow every day, helpful, Mm -hmm. motivating to me. That was like a, I'm a big self motivator. So that was helpful to see that grow. But also for me, the key was social media. So if social media can be considered a tech tool, The fact that I shared my process since day one on social media was huge. So the day I went to the book conference and decided, okay, yes, Wendy, you're going all in, you're writing a book. I shared that I was going to the conference. I shared leaving the conference, I'm going to write this book. And I shared it was going to come out summer of 2023. So we're like teeny behind summer of 2023, maybe. Where's today the solstice? I don't know. I don't don't know know the official end of summer. We should look that up. (laughs) Maybe I'm right on time. Maybe I'm right on time, right? But like I shared with social media constantly, I'm writing this book. This is how far I am. This is my goal. This is what I'm excited to work on today. Some of my ahas as I was going through the process. And that kept me extremely motivated. And the neat thing today, since today is the official launch day, September 20th, because I have shared my process all along and I was very vulnerable and upfront about it all along. Everybody knew I was writing a book. So today, as I I did my big post, hey, it's launch day. I think so far, at least 12 people have shared my posts. I think my post alone has like 300 comments or likes underneath it from today. I have brought others. Yeah, really exciting. I've brought others in the journey with me since day one. So to keep me motivated, I have shared the journey since day one. So I had a lot of people holding me accountable. Wendy, do you have any tech that you use to help put out your social media? I do. I fight it, but I do. So more often than not, I post when I feel like it, which has served me well for a really long time. But as I am growing this other area of occupation for me, Mm -hmm. I realize I need to dig deeper and I can't be as ad hoc as what I'm doing now, which is, oh, I feel like writing this post, I should post it. So I, about two months ago, I found this really cool software called Loomly. Have you? Yeah, And I'm diving back into it again. I'm using it again this week, especially as I'm starting to get help with my social media in terms of virtual assistants and that sort of thing. 
But what I really like about Loomly is I do one post and I can say, I draft one and then I pick all the various channels I want it to help me with. So I've been picking like Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I don't have a Twitter account yet. I can't remember what the other things are on there, but there's several other things I can pick. And then it lets me tinker with each post, you know, for each platform. For example... Instagram's going to have a lot of emojis because that's Instagram. LinkedIn is going to look more professional. So I can put the emojis in Instagram, take them out of LinkedIn, use different hashtags in different places. And then you can also schedule when the posts are going to go out. And the neat thing I noticed yesterday is one of the platforms, I think it was either Facebook or LinkedIn. It also allowed me to post the first comment because as I'm sure you know, Every time we post a website in any of those platforms, automatically the algorithm is not going to like that post as much. The algorithm does not like when we share the websites in the physical first post. The algorithm is much happier when it's the first comment. So one of those, I can't remember which platform allowed me to actually do the first comment as well so I could put the Amazon link to my book. So that was really nifty. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate you sharing all that. But as a bonus question, this is something that you and I talked about earlier, and I appreciate you doing this. And I apologize to the audience if it's slightly self-serving. You recently bought a new computer, the MacBook Air, I believe 15-inch with an M2 chip. That is correct. And I was happy to be able to provide you some assistance with that. And could you tell the audience three different ways I was able to assist you in helping you decide which computer that you should purchase? Sure. Well, you actually, I don't know if you remember, but you helped me purchase a computer I'm talking on right now as well, which was the Mm -hmm. Mac Mini and the studio display. It's the display I use to write and see and all those things. And I love this setup. I love this setup so much, but I wasn't ready. And I I have two offices, as you know. I have my home office Mm -hmm. where I am today, Mm -hmm. but I have a bricks and mortar office 10 minutes down the way. And that's where I meet with my mediation clients primarily. And my assistant works there as well. So we have another place to meet. But as much as I love this setup here, I wasn't ready to invest in it times two because it was pricey. I can't remember. It was like several thousands of dollars, maybe like $4,000. I can't remember exactly, but it was a pricey investment. You also helped me when I made Mm. this investment, you encouraged me to get the Apple card because you get cash back like times two or something. It's a good Yes. I believe with the Apple credit card, you get 3% cash back on any Apple purchase. And I think I had also suggested, I don't recall if you did this or not. Did you get a Apple business account? Not yet. Not yet. Get an Apple business account, get it as soon as possible, and mention that you've made these two recent purchases. I, I say two recent big purchases, the, the laptop and then the Mac Mini with the Apple display. Let them know they may be able to add that on as part of building up a certain threshold that you may get a but a small discount in a future purchase. Okay. But it, it is important to note that, one, you do get white glove treatment already from Apple, in my opinion. And this is sort of white glove on white glove when you get the Apple business account. That being said, the other best thing about the Apple business account is it's free. Mm -hmm. So you have a business, the people listening to this podcast, I'm sure have their own business or part of a business and every little bit helps. And admittedly, Apple products tend to be a little bit more expensive, but as I think we both agree, they last and they work. They They really do. I didn't, because my computer set up at the, my firm, I mean, that lasted mm-hmm. me five years with no issues. Right. And then at the five-year mark, I think I called you in a panic. So at the five-year mark, my computer started dying at work. 
I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to invest in this again. And you had the excellent idea, like, Wendy, why not just a laptop? Why wouldn't you do a laptop? It has everything you need. And also, I see what you're doing. And I see you're going to be traveling more and doing these things. Mm -hmm. Like, that could be a really good investment for you times two. Very smart. So you saved me some money. You helped me get my brain on straight and thinking really what I needed longevity-wise. But what I really appreciated about you, Michael, is that you talked to me like someone like I like. I know what I'm doing enough. So you'd never talk down to me, but you talked to me in a way that you met me where I was. You talked to me in a language that I could understand and then helped me get the product that I needed. So I appreciated not feeling dumb, you know, at any point in the game. I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate your kind words, but I'm going to ask you a little bit about your purchase for the listener's benefit. You got the 15 inch, not the 13 inch, but how come you got yes. the larger versus the smaller? The this bigger is the obviously, screen, a, the... obviously a more of a personal preference kind of yeah. issue. I'm just, again, I'm just asking. The bigger the screen, the better. I like big screens. I like to see things as big as I can. And how are you enjoying the resolution, the clarity of the screen? It's great. No problem. And I realize you haven't started traveling a lot, like until like you're about to start tomorrow like, this yeah. week. Yeah, this week, tomorrow. And that being said, uh, I'd be really curious to see how you feel about its weight as it's a very light machine. And I I think you'll enjoy traveling with that. Yeah, it feels pretty light. Now, as you're beginning to travel, are there any software or hardware concerns that you're preparing for as you venture out into the wild world? One of my to-do items today on a very crazy Mm -hmm. day is to make sure my VPN is all purchased and happy on this device, because I know that's extremely important in protecting myself from the bad guys, yeah. right? Yeah, and I think we and talked about uh, using ExpressVPN, which is the one I happen to use. I'm not sure if that's the one you end up going with. I found it to be a bit faster and easier to use than the one I used to use, which is Encrypt.me, but they're both very good. And the other thing that you and I had talked about earlier was that not only do you need it on your laptop, you need it on your phone and your tablets. You don't need it on, say, your home computer, unless your home computer is on a router that may be shared by others, even Mm -hmm. within the household, because your kid's friend or husband acquaintance may come over. And while they're not necessarily trying to be nefarious, you don't want them to accidentally be dipping into PII of your clients or yourself, for that matter, or especially your business. Wendy, I think the last bit of tech advice we talked about before you head off on your many travels for your book tour, for work and family, is that you should make sure you have a surge protector. Not only a surge protector for when you're on the plane, but also when you're in the hotel room. And I encourage you to get like a one plug surge protector for when you're on the plane, because perfectly carrying a long extension cord that comes with the multi-prong surge protector, it can be a little bit heavy, especially for your carry-on bag. And this way you can put that in your suitcase, but make sure mm-hmm. that at least your laptop is protected. Of course, you can use your laptop through your USB-C Thunderbolt bolts to charge other devices. But when it comes to surge protectors, you might want to look at something that has a retractable power cord. This kind of helps things not take up so much room and be a little bit condensed. Awesome. Thank you so much. Before we say our goodbyes, and mind you, I, I, Wendy, I really appreciate you being on here today. But before we say our goodbyes, I wanted to cover one last aspect regarding your book. Now, this book is just not geared toward women. It can also be geared and read by men. It's not a woman's self-help book. It's a professional's self-help book, a practitioner's self-help book. Whether you're practicing law or you're in some sort of professional capacity or a student, high school graduate, or just in life, because it's all about practicing. Because we all are practicing and you know we are learning. 
And I love the word practicing you use there because practicing is so key to this whole thing. You said we're practicing lawyers, practicing students, practicing parents, spouses, et cetera, because we're never quite done like working or I don't want to say perfecting, but I'm going to use the word perfecting, even though I don't ever expect anyone to be perfect because we're practicing every day to be and show up as our very best selves. And what my book really at the end of the day, what it really means and going back to the title, Sparkle and Grit, how we can practice our best sparkle and grit to achieve the things we want out of life. So again, I love the word practice, uh, but so practice with regard to the sparkle, that would be really noticing the sparkles around you and seeing where you're getting those gentle nudges from the universe or a friend or a colleague or something else that has that stirring in your gut that knows that there is something more for you and that you need to start chasing it, right? And grit is the hard work and the practice and the practicing and practicing of the hard work we must do to get there. So sparkle and grit can be, the concept can be applied to anybody, absolutely anyone. I foresee a children's book too in my future and hopefully a book aimed just for teens. Yeah, a book for teenagers as well, just making it even more relevant to them. Uh, Because in the book, I do talk about work and being an attorney and parenting and being a good spouse, you know, all of those things. But I, I do see the concept can apply to absolutely anybody. If there is one lesson that the reader and hopefully the listener should take away, what would that be? So we hear a lot about work life balance. And everybody thinks that this work-life balance thing is either a myth, it's unattainable, or once you get there, you are set, you have reached the pinnacle of the mountain and you are done. And like, none of those things are true. (laughs) Number one, work-life balance is attainable, but you have to find your own version of balance and what that means for you. And you have to know that it is going to shift day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute. And while it's attainable, it's going to shift. There is no arriving and everything else is easy. That is, I think, the number one thing for the reader to know. And the reader will see, or people who start following the Sparkle and Grit movement will see my mascot as a flamingo. And the really cool thing about a flamingo is she is in a perpetual state of balance all the time because she is always standing on one leg. What's really neat about that and what scientists have discovered that actually the way the flamingo leg is made, it is easier for her to stand on one leg than not because she has learned how to pull her resources uh, to doing exactly what she needs to do at that given time. So I think we can all be like the flamingo, right? And we can find our own state of balance and what works for us. Excellent, excellent. I appreciate you sharing that with us today. Where can people find you, especially with your upcoming book tour? Yes. People can find me first and foremost on Amazon. I would be delighted if any of your listeners purchased a copy of my book. So Sparkle and Grit, you can look it on Amazon. And as of today, launch day, we are number one bestseller. So I'm super excited about that. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. In both the Kindle and paperback format. So I am over the moon. And Michael, as you know, we just discovered that as we were on the podcast today about 10 (laughs) minutes ago. So as soon as we sign off here, I'm going to have a little party. But number one, they can find me on Amazon. They can also find me at sparkleandgrit.com. And that is the place they can find all the up-to-date news with regard to Sparkle and Grit and the book and the journal I have coming out later this year and any events I'm going to be hosting. Uh, As we were discussing, I'm going to LA later this week and then Albuquerque. But by the time this podcast airs, I should also have more of an idea of when I'll be bringing the tour to Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, 
And I'm still waiting for someone to host me in Florida and Texas. I would love to get to those states because I've had friends in those states ask me to come. So if any of your listeners would like to host a book launch in Florida or Texas, I would love to come. May I ask where in Florida? Somewhere close to the ocean. <laughs> That's selfish for me. That's selfish for me. Oh, okay. uh, I didn't know if you had a specific city in mind. Not particularly. Just anywhere close to the water would make me happy. And then Texas, I've had I have good friends in Houston and Dallas, and they are excited for me to come out there too, or over there, down there. I have family in Florida, and I'll be on a business trip in Dallas. I'll keep an eye out for you. Sounds great. And also, don't forget, please, where can people find you professionally outside your writing career? Probably the easiest way for your listeners is on LinkedIn and following my profile Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, Wendy S. Meadows. I'm also on Instagram, both as Wendy S. Meadows and Sparkle and Grit as well. And those would all have links to my various websites, et cetera, to get in touch with me. But link for this show, I'm thinking LinkedIn is the easiest way. Fantastic. Again, I want to thank you for coming back and sharing with us today your new book launch and the fact that you just found out that you're a number one bestseller in six categories on Hi. Amazon. Congrats. Yes. Thank and you. thanks again for being here. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the page podcast. Our next episode will be posted in about two weeks. If you have any ideas about a future episode, please contact me at DJ at the page. Have a great day and happy luring. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.